What you are about to hear is a labor of love. Our love is for the music, and the music is for the people. We at Rockstrikes 10 and cnjradio.com have always recommended that any music we promote on our shows be legally purchased, downloaded, and or streamed. We feel this way not only for our network of shows, but for all music-based shows. By supporting the artist in this way, more music can be created and the industry as a whole can prosper. The music is owned by their respective labels, or hopefully by the artists themselves. This broadcast is owned by cnjradio.com. Our only mission is to promote the music we love and promote the legal purchase of it. Enjoy the show and turn it up. Welcome to Rock Do you wanna leave it up to you? 
Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today, especially if you're doing it at the central station of cnjradio.com. All right, this is the last part of the odds and ends of 1992 before we get to the big top albums countdown. At this point in this recording, I'm not even sure how many parts that is going to be, but I can tell you for sure, yes, we are on the last part of the odds and ends of 1992 as it concerns this part of the series, and we kicked off this last part, this volume three, with a Rush cover performed by Skid Row. That was What You're Doing. That song originally appeared on the very first Rush album, the one that Neil Peart does not drum on, the one with John Rutsey, their very, very first record, 1974, I believe, somewhere around that. It sounds about right. But yeah, I've always liked that version. I played that to represent the Skid Row cover album called Besides Ourselves. And... Is it B-Side Ourselves or B-Sides Ourselves? I'm, I, I, let's just go with B-Side Ourselves because it's funny. It's funny either way. I've heard it both ways. Okay, but yes, yeah, so I don't have it in front of me. Despite the fact that I have it on all three formats, legit. I really love that EP. It's just a pick em for me. Every version is great. I figured I'd go with What You're Doing just because I feel like it's the least appreciated and least played of all five of the songs on there. Because you got Psychotherapy, the Ramones cover, which they made a video for, and they used to play it live quite a bit, even prior to its actual release. I saw them do it on the Slave to the Grind tour with Rachel Bullen singing right there. And Come On, Love Me, you know, of course, as a big Kiss fan, I, I've heard it quite a bit. I've heard it on other Kiss-related type shows or mentioned then, of course, Delivering the Goods, that was the one. They even played that one on MTV Live with Rob Halford. So they've done that at least twice with Rob Live. And then Little Wing, the last one on there, they made a video for that as well. So what you're doing kind of is the dark horse of that album, in my opinion. So I'm going with it. It's a great performance. And you know me, I love shining a light on little-known songs or those little songs that didn't quite get the life that they deserved. I always thought What You're Doing was one of the better earlier Rush songs. So, And probably a lot of it has to do with the Skid Row cover, but it's a great freaking tune. So let's move over here. This next one right here comes from another EP, or actually it might even just be like a CD single technically, but from the Smashing Pumpkins when they were on the John Peel BBC sessions. They did a three-song set, according to this disc that I have, that came out in 1992. And much like the Rush song, they do a decently obscure song by a well-known act, The Animals. In this instance, I'm not a big Animals fan, honestly. I had the best of it at one point, but just, uh, you know, I don't know. Just one of those bands that I've never really super connected with. Some of this probably has to do with my loathing of House of the Rising Sun, but that's another conversation for another time. But Smashing Pumpkins took this song, Girl Named Sandoz, by The Animals, and turned it into a rocker. So, from the BBC Peel Sessions, this is the Smashing Pumpkins with Girl Named Sandoz. <laughs>
sing along, want to sing along with something with me? Because I can't sing a fucking note to save my life. I want to hear you people repeat me. I love living in a city. Yeah, something like that. What the devil, what the devil?
We finish off that surprise twofer with yet another live cover after a completely different type of live cover. So we started off with Smashing Pumpkins doing the Animals Girl named Sandoz from the BBC sessions, and then we finish things up with S.O.D., Stormtroopers of Death. Yes, Billy Milano, Dan Lilliker, Scott Ian, and Charlie Benante doing a cover of Fears classic. I love Living in the City. And if you were doing the, wow, that song sounds familiar, it's because I just played it fairly recently on the Best Albums Countdown of 1982. And that was the version that kind of turned me on to the original version. So happy to play it here for you. Tell you a little bit about my journey. And yes, that was from the Live at Budokan live album, which is actually Live at the Ritz in New York. On there, you'll find pretty much every live version from the original SOD album, Speak English or Die, as well as a bunch of fun, wacky covers thrown in there. I've even played their version of Territorial Pissings, the Nirvana song, on a previous episode sometime about a year or so ago. So yeah, it's a fun live album, truly raw. You can tell it's not doctored in any kind of way. It's nice and sloppy the way it's supposed to be, right? So Speaking of New York City, a band that made their bones in New York City at CBGB's, no less, Talking Heads, they were a done deal by this point in 1992, so they put out the double-disc retrospective since they had called it a day. They had a couple of songs hanging around from a previous session before they broke up, so uh, on this Sand and the Vaseline double-disc best of, which is the absolute main thing I would probably recommend, I think that gets the job done because... You know, one disc best of it's all right, but I don't think it quite gets the job done. It's missing some pivotal songs. So for my money, if you're going to go best of with Talking Heads, I would go with Sand and the Vaseline, the two-disc set. And at the end there, it's about three new songs, and I think the best out of the three is the one I'm going to play here for obvious reasons. So here you go. One of the very last songs that the Talking Heads ever recorded. This is Popsicle. I'm taking off my clothes 
Yet another live cover right there on this particular episode. That was a hard rockin' version of the Roxy Music song, If There Is Something. That song originally was on their first album. Great record. And that was done by Ten Machine right there. Yes, we're going to refer to it as just Ten Machine. We're not going to refer to the lead singer because he wouldn't have wanted you to do that and pay attention to him while he was in this band. That's actually a lot of the reason why critics... And some fans believe that they didn't like the Tim Machine Project. I don't think it was because the music was bad. Actually, I like pretty much all the Tim Machine stuff. I like the idea of it and everything. I think just Bowie was so all in with the idea of being in a band that he didn't want anybody to refer to him individually. I understand it. Maybe he went about the wrong way in some instances, but I think that's probably what rubs some people the wrong way about Tim Machine. I think they would have been more acceptable towards all this material, maybe if the narrative was changed. But, I mean, I think upon the many listens I've given it over the years, I think they were unfairly dogged. It's unfortunate. And that was taken from a live album that they put out in 1992 called Live Oy Vey Baby. Go look up some live clips of those guys playing. Those guys could go, man. You got Reeves Gabriels, who would who would become David's guitar player later on, and the Sales Brothers. Those guys are insane. Watching Hunt Sales play the drums. That's fun stuff right there. But yeah, we played Talking Heads before that. Popsicle, which is a weird track, but I kind of dig it. I think it almost kind of belonged on Remain in Light, which is my favorite Talking Heads record. But decent tie-in to that double shot. They both have worked with Brian Eno in the past. So there you have it. And coming up here is a band that I don't normally play on the show. Because honestly, I'm, I'm not a big fan. But I do recognize that they put out their first major thing in 1992. Uh, a band that I'm, I'm a decent enough fan as far as like as the people in the band itself go. And even some of the other projects. Like I actually like a lot of their family tree. And we have very similar taste of music, so I could definitely hang out with them without fanboying it up. I put a handful of acts in that little group right there in my head. But yes, Tool put out their debut EP, Opiate, in 1992, and it was off to the races. They become one of the biggest hard rock bands of the last 30 years at this point, which is crazy to think, but yeah, it's been 30 years. And, you know, I listened to Opiate without any kind of prejudice or anything. I'd honestly never given it much of a shot. All of my friends seemed to have it, but honestly, I don't think I've ever listened to it top to bottom until very recently here. But this song stuck out, so I'm like, you know what, I'm going to put it on the show because I definitely want to be fair. It's not just for inclusion reasons. I think it's a pretty cool rock track. So here you go. This is Tool from Opiate, and this song is called Sweat. Breath, I'm swimming, just 
Correctly 
dyslexic Paul Westerberg right there with Dyslexic Heart, of course, mostly known as what I would definitely refer to as the theme song from the single soundtrack. But yes, it's got a couple of songs on there, but that seemed to be the song that's really tied into the movie Hardcore. It was in all the trailers and stuff like that, so I feel like it's the theme song to the movie for sure. Yeah, and I never need too much of an excuse to play anything Paul Westerberg or replacements related. So there you have it. So I have no good tie-in at all to this next twofer other than the fact that they're both live tracks. But I'm going to kind of flip the script on these two acts because they're so different from each other. So with the first one here, I'm actually going to play what is considered to be a pretty long song for this band in the live setting. And then I'm going to play a live song by an artist who is known for long live performances. I'm going to play a very short song by that person. So there you go. Having fun. But I'll tell you what the first one is right off the bat. We're going to play something from White Lion. So they put out a best of in 1992 because they had pretty much all but broken up by this point. So the best of is the contractual obligation. If you owe the label one more record, except the problem is, the band broke up. You either put out a live album or a best of, or if you have two on your deal left, then you got to do both, right? Well, at least in the case of putting out a best of White Lion here, in this case for Atlantic, it's mostly, you know, of course, all the singles you know and love, handful of album tracks and fan favorites. And then they included some, as far as I could tell, some previously unreleased live tracks. So I'm going to play one of those for you right here. And this is the long one of the set. But I kind of dig their long songs. Like, they did this quite a bit on Main Attraction as well, and I thought those were pretty cool. So, from a song originally on Pride, here's a live version of Lady of the Valley. Enjoy. Here's a little treat for you. This one's called Lady of the Valley!
to see what they are. Do you hear what they say? People, it is sad but true. They're just really stupid, but they think they're okay, and they got no use for you. quick two and a half minutes there by Frank Zappa and his mid to late 80s touring unit that was one of the best bands he's ever had I swear that's from you can't do that on stage anymore volume five which the whole you can't do that on stage anymore is a collection of different live shows over the years and unlike the series for the most part because it mainly was just pulling it was almost kind of like a best of the road where it wasn't like full shows from anywhere. But this is one of those instances where they put the full show on one of the discs. And I really like this one. It's probably my favorite of any of the series. And I, I believe it's a gig in Prague, if I'm not mistaken. But you go and listen to that show. It's disc two of volume five. If you can't do it on stage anymore for the record, in case I have the city wrong. But the band's on fucking fire, man. They sound great. And that's that quick two and a half minute version of the Dead Girls of London I've heard so many type versions of that song over the years. They're slow versions. There's some that are almost the same speed, but that's probably the fastest version I've ever heard. And I I think it works better as a really fast song. And all, all the background vocals and harmonies are really spot on. But of course, you could tell it being a Frank Zappa song, hard to play on top of that. So you're like going at this breakneck pace and, and really singing your ass off at the same time. You had to be a next level on top of another next level performer to be in that band for sure. So hope you enjoyed that dead girls of London. Even if you didn't, it's like two and a half minutes. So there, there you have it. And of course, before that we did white lion with lady of the Valley, a live version that appeared on their best of contractual obligation record. there. post breakup 
Nice to see Mike Tramp is still at it, though. Always seemed to come off as a decently humble and realistic guy, so I always appreciate things like that. And like I said, I really discovered how cool the main attraction album was over the last few years, mostly thanks to Pete. Thanks again, buddy. We're going to finish off the odds and ends of 1992 with this last one right here. As you can tell, I don't even think I even mentioned this at all at the top of Volume 1. But yes, if you have not been paying attention, we are going in alphabetical order here. So you might actually be able to deduce this pretty well, I would think. We played White Lion. We played Frank Zappa. Where can you go from Zappa? There's not a whole lot of acts you can do that with, unless you're dealing with the little old band from Texas, a perennial favorite in this household and this show, of course. Z, Z Top. Yes, speaking of best ofs, they put out their greatest hits in 1992 big asterisk on that record because i'm sure anybody who's a decent enough fan of zz top will know this pretty easily but it's not an album that i would recommend at the time i was like this is great i'm so happy to have this and not even realizing just how butchered the original mix was into the cd era like the six pack sound as a lot of people refer to it as where the drums are just so awful now. Like, they're so trebly, they're so loud, and it's just, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Of course, it sounds fine with the albums that they originally intended to be like that on, such as Eliminator and Afterburner and Recycler and those kind of records. And I like most of those records, especially, of course, Eliminator. But they weren't supposed to be like that on the original albums, and they changed everything. They George lucas it in way worse fashion, I believe, than George Lucas ever could imagine, honestly. And that's how I feel. So once again, long story long, I don't recommend that one disc, ZZ Top Greatest Hits, because of the drum sound. If you want to go best of on ZZ Top, any of the recent ones of the last 20 years have corrected and righted all those wrongs. So if you get like Rancho Texicano or whatever it's called, Original drum sound, awesome. Get that. Going 50, original drum sound. Everything's cool with all these new ones. Chrome Smoke and Barbecue, the box set. Another great example. That Complete Albums collection from a few years ago on CD. Don't sleep on that. It's going to go out of print at some point, I imagine. Great set, super affordable. All original drum sound. Sound better than ever. Get any of those. Do not get this Greatest Hits unless you get it for like a buck. And you want to get it for a handful of those new songs, which uh, honestly, those box sets will take care of it. But if you're on a budget, then I guess go this route, or at least download the new songs. The new songs on this album were a decently forgettable song called Gun Love, which, you know, it's it's just okay at best. But of course, the fun track right here, and not that the production on this is great, but I will play a Dusty Hill lead vocal any day of the week. And he really shines on this one. So as we give it up for Dusty and our love of ZZ Top, how can you not love this? A cover of the Elvis classic, Viva Las Vegas. Turn it up.
So here you go, full confession. I did get rid of that ZZ Top Greatest Hits, that one disc. I got rid of that a long time ago. So that version actually is off the Going 50 collection. And as it turns out, I just noticed as I was playing it live right there, they actually deleted the Elvis dialogue sample that I know was on that original. That's the only thing different at all about that version is they took out the Elvis dialogue. So I'm a little bit embarrassed. I did not play the actual 92 version. I didn't realize they had changed it. <laughs> so it's the only downgrade they've done the last few years. So I guess maybe they were just worried about getting sued or something. I don't know. But yeah, sorry. No Elvis dialogue in that one. It's the 2019 update. But the song did first originally appear in 1992. So yeah, I just want to do a full confession there. I was even talking about that when I played the Vince Neil track on the previous episode. It's like, you can always tell who's not doing their homework if they throw on the exposed version of You're Invited as opposed to the Encino Man version, which is different. Yes, I know. I know, I know. I am a nerd. Okay, so that all being said, I hope you've enjoyed these last three episodes of The Odds and Ends of 1992. I, I tried to do a decently complete set of it. I did make some cuts. I had just a little bit under 40, and so I made some cuts and got it down to 30. Also... Like I said, I'm on a bit of a time crunch here. we got to get to the best albums of 1992. 
I will be working right now to tighten this up and see how many parts it's going to turn out. I don't think it's going to be an eight-parter or anything like the 82 countdown was. Hopefully I can get it down to like a six-parter at the very least. We'll see what happens. I can tell you, though, the music will be quality as always. You'll be getting the best stuff of that year for sure. So stay tuned, won't you? Until then, stay tuned for my better half, Nola, with the plugs, followed by the best damn outro song in all the podcasting business. Take it away, Nola. We would like to thank you for taking the time to listen to the show today. You can reach us on Facebook or Twitter. We love getting messages and always do our best to respond. Every time you share our show, we give our cats Ruby and Ripley a treat. We are on Twitter at RockStrikes10, and the direct email is RockStrikes10 at gmail.com. When you search for us, the number 10 is always spelled out. If you would like to support our show financially, we do have RockStrikes10 shirts for sale. For $20, we will ship you out a high-quality, soft-as-heck, next-level branded shirt and a button. Send us an email or direct message for more details or to order. Please help us spread the word about this show and all of our other quality shows by listening, liking, subscribing, and sharing. Our official website is cnjradio.com. You can visit this site for all episodes of Rock Strikes 10 going all the way back to episode number one. While you're on cnjradio.com, check out some of these other quality shows. The Wrestling House Show, a pro wrestling podcast unlike any other. The Synaptic Empire Audio Transmissions, hosted by Randy Brown, a true alternative. The Last Theater, starring Chris, where cinema's trash is treated like treasure. And the I Am Vinyl Podcast with Pete LaRussa and occasionally Joey. We also highly recommend that you check out our good friend Mark Striegel, who can now be heard exclusively on SiriusXM as part of Ozzy's Boneyard and Hair Nation. Last, but certainly not least, we would like to give an extra special thanks to the great Pete LaRussa and the band Spacebeard for the best outro song in the business. Go to facebook.com slash spacebeardband to purchase their music and make sure to tell them that Rock Strikes 10 sent ya. We hope you tune into the next show. Until then, have fun. Postgame show is brought to you by Christ, I can't find it. The hell with it.